0: Well, welcome to the Redemptification Podcast. And uh, I've got a great guy here today that's gonna blow your socks off. Jess Siegler is revitalized or dies the way he speaks in his organization. He's assisted hundreds of communities in the revitalization, economic stability, community development. He's kind of, you know, when you think of if you're a little ahead, you're a visionary. And if you're way ahead, you're a heretic. You're gonna see today that uh, he's way ahead in thinking about, communities and and his images and things if you hadn't checked it out they'll add tons of value and uh he's he's got a way of saying things that you're not confused about what he's trying to get at and so i'm excited to have him here today jeff thanks for your love for everything place and uh for being courageous about what you do and almost charging hell with a squirt bottle every day
1: Well, uh, I appreciate the the flattering introduction, John. It's great to be here. It's great to have a chance to uh, catch up with you and and hopefully, uh, you know, get in front of your audience and and share some ideas.
0: Well, I'm sure you're going to do that. It's funny. I love what you said in your bio. You say, what Jeff lacks in patience and eloquence he makes up for in passion and honesty. And that's been my experience. I, I started seeing your things come up and I said, my goodness, who is this guy? Where is he coming from? What's he talking about? And and just the transparency and authenticity you put in everything um, started really hitting me. And I said, he, he says it a little different than me, but my heart's humming like a tuning fork when he talks about the need for us of our communities to not die, but, but to live. And so, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. And, and you know what, for, I was a main street manager for a couple of years. I worked as the Ohio state main street coordinator mm-hmm. and, you know, in those positions, there's a lot of pressure to not, you know, upset the apple cart to <laughs> make sure that you write things in a certain way and say things in a certain way so that, that, you know, so you don't offend anybody. And, and, um, and I was, so after I left that position was, was kind of doing a little freelance and just realized that this stuff is too urgent. You know, this, this is a, it's a, I believe it's a health crisis. I believe that place is a health crisis. You know, we, we understand how fast food affects our health. We understand how, you know, the things we put in our body affect our physical health. Uh, I think that, that what we're dealing with is these places that we inhabit are an absolute health crisis and that mm-hmm. we can't keep sort of speaking quietly. We can't be demure about these things. Like I think there's an urgency and that we have to say, look, it's not good enough. This isn't, uh, this isn't gonna get better. And if we're too worried about offending chamber tourism or, or you know elected official or whoever it is nothing's going to change and we're going to continue to be in this place where people are living in in habitats that just are not suited for for human habitation honestly like we're living in places that make us socially mentally fiscally uh sick and it's, that's because they're that's how they're designed they're not designed with people in mind and so that's kind of why I've, I've taken a bit of a brash tone because i think that I, I hope that people hear it. You know, I want them to hear it and, and pay attention and, and to do something about it.
0: It's so true, you know. And I, I read an article recently just about loneliness and how the—I mean—the results of loneliness. If you don't watch it, we'll spend our time chasing results and not causes. If we don't like what we're reaping, we need to look at what's doing the planting. And uh, the places we we live and work don't inspire us or connect us. Oftentimes, they they you know they they demotivate us and disconnect us and um who you know isn't it interesting that solitary confinement is one of the torture right. treatments in prison
1: yep yep well, that's the worst thing we can come up with to do to a human is isolate them from other humans hmm. um yeah we 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 do i mean it's you and i were talking just a second before we, we hopped on about uh mm-hmm. travels and you know, what's really stuck with me, we just came back from a, a trip to Italy. And what stuck with me is through, from the moment we woke up until we went back to our place, we were with people, we were surrounded mm-hmm. by people. And it, it it's, it's wonderful, you know, and, and we, I know people in this country like to say, well, that's fine for them or whatever, like, no, 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 like, we're not different. Our DNA is not different. It is not a uniquely American thing That that is a lie that we tell ourselves to justify like, it is absolutely within every person to to require being around other people. I mean, we need it as a species. And so, you know, we'd walk out the door in the morning and you're on a street full of people. You go to the cafe and you know nobody's nobody's hopping in their SUV with their vente. Um, they're together. They're standing at the counter, sipping their, you know, espresso or or sitting at a table, and then you know, onto a market where you're shopping with everybody else and and just and then a meal where again you're sitting outside with with hundreds of people and it just All day long every day we're with people and that is such a wonderful sensation it's so good it's so fulfilling it it makes you feel more human and then i get home and you know (laughs) then i have to drive over to the grocery to to get something It's like oh my god the whole the entire time i was isolated the entire time here's this experience that's meant to be shared that the uh, the chores of our daily life the activities shopping and so on and and they were all completely isolated and it was such a depressing it was such a letdown and it's like oh wow how did we (sighs) How did we take this thing that we had and botch it up so bad?
0: Yeah. And to your point, I mean, one thing Ash says, my wife, you know, we love Italy and it's a, our our oldest son helped us fall in love with it. He went to the University of Florence when he was in school for wine and he fell in love and he taught us about it. But um, but I said, I love staying. We stayed a while in January for his wedding and I stayed long enough. I forgot. Some of what it was like to live where I live now and 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 it changes you travel actually changes you when you see this, and you see that there's something beautiful. Ash said one thing about Italy is it forces you to slow down and see what it takes to do everything that you experience like it's it's mm-hmm. not hidden in factory, just all ever before you what it takes to make the cheese and the the food and the just everything, and it's a beautiful. It, it's it's like you get divergent if you stay a little
1: while. That that is an incredible way to put it, and I think that that's exactly right. That, you know, when you you have to chase down your waiter to get a bill, you know,
0: <laughs> he's not in hurry, Why would you want your bill? You
1: know, <laughs> like why are not going to rush you out of here? You're doing the most ah. important thing. You can take your time. So when you're sitting there outside, you're right. You see the cheese that took you know eighteen months to make. You see the wine but simultaneously you see the street where somebody uh-huh. clearly, you know, down on their knees would put in those cobbles uh-huh. and that little, you know, alluvial pattern. And, and so it reinforces time and time again that anything that matters just takes quality ingredients and patience, you know, a little bit of craftsmanship. And that's, that's the food, that's the wine, but it's also the buildings, the streets, the sidewalks. Like they all share that. It's, it's, that.
0: it's all harmonizing around that. Yes. I mean, I said, somebody love looks different it, and yep. especially when it's splashed on everything, every handrail, every this, that, everything,
1: the oh. care, right? Right, right. You can't rush it. You can't rush a great recipe. You can't rush these, you know, good ingredients. Like fast food will never be any, it'll never be delicious because it simply can't. And these places that are built quickly, you know, here's throwaway material slapped up quickly. Like, well, no, there's no love in that. So, so it's affecting us. Like, you, I, I realized this, that like, we don't, Amber and I don't travel to go look at pretty things. You know, it, it's, we travel to feel different because when you're surrounded by these beautiful settings, all of a sudden it changes the way we feel. You know, you can't help but feel more elegated, elegant and sophisticated sitting outside in these these surroundings that are absolutely elegant, and sophisticated, and, and, and this took so much time. And like, oh. that's that's a great feeling. It's a feeling we should all have.
0: And they organically grew like a funky tree. Like there's at every turn. I'm like, oh, I feel like my camera reel just blows up because I'm taking pictures of little things. And yeah. that's a com- like organically grown things over time. I mean, oh, we had to add a little awning here because we noticed all oh, this. That. It's just everywhere. And our we, we've become so, you know, homogenized. Yep. In the way we do things, that, that they really don't know if they're in 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 Raleigh or a, a, a suburb of you know outside another town and out in Denver. We want authenticity, and in America, access to the food source, the authenticity of place, the people in that life. I'm not sure I know where to buy it in the U.S. If I want right. to buy it, and could buy it, right?
1: Right, right. It's a system that benefits very few and and harms the vast majority of us. Like I would love to be, I'd love to be able to buy local produce easily with a bunch of other community members. Yet that's, that's hard to access. And and I'd love, you know, God, I mean, I think of Bologna where there must have been a, a restaurant for every two people, you know, and it's like. We claim we value small business, yet the amount of small businesses there oh. was incredible. And then I, the other thing I really love to see is like how the municipality builds this view. Be- you know, here's the street that's exquisite. That's an absolute, you know, master. Uh, uh, this this sort of masterpiece of, of construction and engineering, but beauty. And then the city's like, sure, throw as many tables as you want out there. Like, why not? That's going to well, help and, In because-
0: our place, we'd have to rope it off, get special permits. Could we get the, you know, the indemnification? I mean, there's so much. Sidewalk cafes are are difficult to get as if they
1: should be. Right, right. Like, why <laughs> discourage this thing that's amazing, That's not only puts money in the, the pocket of small business and makes your town wealthy, but also makes every street so much more lively, like, yeah we we're discouraging the the this behavior that's so beneficial while encouraging sport behaviors
0: <laughs> right as if we i remember my youngest son sometimes he would say daddy let's play uh let's play opposite day, and you have to tell me the opposite of everything you want me to do so if I wanted him to behave, I had to tell him to act up <laughs> well it's it's funny like is the u s and these are we playing opposite day
1: it, it it feels like, it, I just, I keep coming back to this idea, of, you know, to what end? Like if, if your municipal policy is not creating the outcomes that you want, stop, stop trying to get, like, step back, step back and look at the outcomes. Are you growing local wealth? Are you growing small business? Or are, are even more like, are residents happy at all? Do they like your town? Are they proud? Do they feel attachment? Like those are the things you need to worry about. And if you're just sort of you know, head down, blinders on, like, let's do this bad process even harder. Let's let's get really good. Like, step back and decide what are your goals? What are you trying to uh, achieve? And then blow it all up. Like, you know, scrap it. Scrap it. If, if the current system you're using does not create any of those outcomes, if, if you're, well, you know, all these policies you have in place are turning turning into a failure. Like, stop, just stop. Yeah, just and, call and, and it. Reset. Stop,
0: stop digging. Right. Get out of the hole. Just stop digging right. it burn. For- yeah, right. it's it's a challenge yeah, because we've hit
1: water. Like keep going, keep going. <laughs> Maybe there's something under it.
0: Well, but but it's hard like it's hard to manage what I'm not sure our leaders often measure. Like if if they're if they're older folks driving cars, never getting out of their car until they're in their garage and never getting out of their car when they get to work except across the parking lot, you you can't see a city in a vehicle. It's too fast. I mean, if you don't walk, I mean, in our town, people the poor walk.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and and the rich walk on treadmills.
1: Who <laughs> <There> was <laughs> it that said? You know, uh think uh, it was Pinolosa, but somebody had said, you know, uh, uh, a successful society, and I'm going to butcher this, but you know, isn't one where the poor drive cars, but where the rich use public transportation? Mm. And, and I think about there was this also um during the renaissance there was and and i completely mm. there was a you know famous philosopher who yeah. who really cautioned against what happened in rome which was like public you know private opulence and public squalor mm. and it's sort of like when the public sector when the public realm becomes inferior to the private realm you know those with means will retreat back into their own their own private you know dwellings and that that's a shame you know we we, we I can promise you the train I rode last week was much nicer than anyone's SUV. Right. and It it, it was going 300 kilometers an hour, and I could have a glass of wine while I was on it. Like, it was superior. But that's, you know, but they've invested in creating quality public assets that we haven't.
0: And over a long time, though. We have to give them a little bit. One thing, our oldest son, Nelson, he's in wine, and he said, Dad, you can make a lot of wine. Or you can make great wine, but you can't make a lot of great wine. (laughs) So, and it is, are we going to be detailed in these things? And so for us and our audience, we speak so much to, is there hope for small towns? I mean, could small towns not actually, in some ways, do what we're talking about? Because in Italy, a small business, a restaurant could be six seats or eight seats. And do we not have an American mindset that wrong sizes things? Everything's got to yes. be bigger. I mean, I had one guy recently tell me, I can't make a restaurant work with less than 300 seats. And that's, it's like, this is the wrong world. That, I man, mean, that's... right, right. But you see that. I mean, nobody's going to a city saying, man, I had this amazing experience. What was it? Ruby Tuesdays. Right, Nobody right. says <laughs> that. Their <laughs> goal I'm is to disappoint channel. you at a rate you'll stand. <laughs> How do, we, how do they do it in Europe? How do they make small, beautiful experiences that are tied together like this? How does it all, how does it work? Why, why aren't we doing that?
1: So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you're making a shift. And I do want to be clear that this is, you know, I don't want to always be like, oh, it's perfect over there. And, you know, it's, <laughs> not, that I'm, it's not that I'm holding up the, um, you know, European society's perfection. It's, it's like, that's what we should all have. Well, you we know, they, see the they,
0: possibility they, for us to right, have it for ourselves right. as well.
1: Right. Americans are no different. And again, it's a lie that we want to tell ourselves that well, that's fine for them. We we don't like pretty things. We don't like cute <laughs> spaces. We don't no. want to walk like we don't want great
0: but, meals and great food and having uh, when's the uh, last time you had a five hour lunch in America. Right.
1: Right. It it's unheard of. And and but that is so those things like we shouldn't have to travel to feel beautiful. We shouldn't have to travel mm. to go enjoy a nice public square. We shouldn't have to travel overseas to feel a sense of civility. Um, that is offensive to think that like, we absolutely have to have those things in every community. And and of course, any small town can do it. And I guess I look at it this way. It's like, I think at some point American cities bought into this, the national economy is more important than the local, you know, and maybe this was, I don't know, maybe early eighties, but like there was a shift between, Hey, if wall street's doing well, we're all doing well and if wall street's doing well, your small town is, is suffering. Right, Like they're, they're, they're making money. You know, the, 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 um, stock dividends come from your community, you know, every, every shareholder and McDonald's and Dick's and, you know, Walmart and et cetera, like they're coming out of your town. So that's fine. I'm not, I'm not opposed to capitalism whatsoever but you should have some guardrails in your community to keep that from happening. I mean, I think about Walmart's not one business. It's, it's 50 small businesses under one roof. It's a, you know, it's a shoe store. It's a, you know, in all these, these big stores, like there are multiple businesses under one roof that used to be owned locally. And so every time you let one of those in, there's, there's just less money. You know, there's just less money. Dick's I think on average, or no, maybe it's home Depot extracts 9 million a year from each of its, from its storefronts. Like, how far would that 9 million go to correct this situation how far when you add all those up like that's where the money is going it's it's being bled out of your community to a handful of of you know a handful of large cities into wall street
0: when you remind us that that this we began to believe national economy instead of local and locals clear to see if people are hungry in your community you can see it if stuff ain't working you can see it if you don't close your eyes, it's ever before you. And right. and and one thing we believe is that local capital kept local is exponential. Yes. It, it it multiplies in such a phenomenal way. And but we do have to be good, right? I mean, if if, if we can be better than dicks, they can't touch. Walmart can't do what we can do. If right. we're excellent at what we do, we're we're actually we can't lose for winning because nobody right. can duplicate what we do, but we kind of lost that somewhere. Right. Right.
1: right. And, and it's, it's simultaneous to what everybody wants. Everybody wants, you know, the, the buildings built locally are going to be a better quality, better material. There's going to be built with pride. Cause your name's on it. You right. know, it, it, so you're going to want to do a good job because it's your image. It's your legacy. It's your identity. And simultaneously, all those small businesses, like where nobody's traveling across the country to go visit, you know, another Panera, <laughs> like if you've got a great sandwich shop, if you've got a good local butcher, if you've got a great bakery, like, man, that that's what everybody wants. That's what we're all, you know, that's, you're going to find a unique experience. You're going to get food that's crafted with quality. with love it, you know, that's So yeah, we, we're doing all the, it's so backwards to encourage somebody from outside to come in because they're going to extract a bunch of money simultaneously create, create a much inferior product. And if you just, you know, if we just got back to helping locals, making the playing field a little bit fair and teaching local people, here's, you know, take all your economic development money and and start sending people, like, here's how to be a butcher. We're going to send you over to Germany to learn to be a butcher because you're a great, great grandfather. That's the skills that they brought and probably sustained your families for generations. We're going to send you to learn how to work with stone. You know, it's like when we adopted this, this sort of Mass employer economy, and then the sprawl economy—like all those skill sets were lost—and that's what we need. We need the developer, the entrepreneur, the butcher, the baker. Like those skill sets are. And, and how happy would somebody be to do that? You know, if like I could, if you were the Walmart greeter and somebody offered you money to go learn to be a, a, a baker, like that'd feel pretty good.
0: Yeah, and and you know, meaningful work is such a part of a good life. I mean, it's it's so tied in, and I, I think what you're saying is important because of this local idea, and what we realize is, you know, I I think people think, well, you could change it by the capital, or they think you could change it by the construction type, or they think, well, you could change it by the operations of the businesses you do, or you could change it by the developers. I think the answer is yes. It's got to be all those and more, citizens included. We've got to have a vision for a tomorrow that we're unwilling to like because without vision people and places perish and how many places have either no vision or a horrible vision like i can't wait for the rich guy who wants to lose money to come here and help us it's like right. this is the dumbest plan ever
1: right right yeah that that strategy of the benevolent developer and, and right. or right yeah, and and hope like it's not it's not a strategy whatsoever exactly um so how do when, you wake
0: them up? Like if you come into a community and you get called in the communities to try to give them some some of your like jumper cables to them and like a jumper pack and get them seeing what do you, how do you start? What do you do?
1: I, one thing I do try to remind them is like we're all the same, you know. We're we're like all the reasons that you've created to not move forward are are invalid, you know. If oh people won't like this, no, it's not true. You know where humans are all pretty much made up of the same stuff we have the same values we like the same things and, and I, I i guess i try to point out that the flaws in their argument there's here's a big one i see the the conflation of supply and demand but well, we don't have any upper floor apartments therefore we don't want them like ah you know that's no no i don't have a lake house it does not mean i don't want a lake house <laughs> i currently don't so to try I, I think what we do is we've just we've given a lot of bad advice. You know, it's like, well, a plan will fix it or or additional tourists or fix it or jobs will fix it. And it's not the problem. You know, I always look at it. Well, because if it was
0: being, an answer, it fixed everywhere that had them, right? If right, every city right. that had a plan would be fixed or every place that had a factory with good jobs would be fixed or... It's
1: not that. It's not that. And, and we have 40 years of proof that that's absolutely not working. Like, just look, just pay attention. And, and like... If you do this thing better than you did last time will it make any difference so so what i've really uh, what i've found to be very useful is like a a city behaves like the people you know this we look at this thing as being oh we only we have to have these experts to pull back the myths of of civic function and explain it to us it's like no not at all if you're a human you already know everything you need to about cities do you Mm -hmm. like it no like do you like your place do you find it pretty no like does it make you proud do you you have you know if, if those things if you find that you're you're an expert. We're all experts in human habitation because we're all human. And so we can stop overthinking it and, and, and like make people happy. There should be joy. I, I wrote this in my blog post. Somebody asked me, oh, did you go to work, you know, to, to Italy for pleasure or for work? Like both. Yes. Like great city should be a pleasure. It should be a joy. Like we, they don't, Who who convinced us that it has to be miserable to live somewhere?
0: Well, and we've, I think misery is kind of like, extra pounds you get a few a little bit over time pretty soon your old remembrance of happy is so low that <laughs> that was the new happy right I mean it's like we lose over t- if we're not shocked back in every time we I visit a place that has been crafted with love mm-hmm. community restaurant coffee shop you name it if love was in the mix all of a sudden you're like oh
1: whoa all right. Right. It's an emotional experience and cities should be emotional experiences. And we, we bought into this notion. We put too many bankers and economic development officials in charge that are like, well, no, it's just finance. Like, you know, it it just, it's like, it's a money thing. Like, no, it's not a money thing. Or it is, but you're, you're forgetting that for anybody, car companies know this, you know, any marketing firm knows this, like you've got to create an emotional. uh, Nobody's buying a
0: Corvette because the money's right. Right, right. I mean, they right. saw that baby and they said, Oh, I'm a lot good in right. that thing. And then they rationalize yeah. their way back. It's good fuel mods. It's a six speed Got to yeah. You see, I mean, we feel our way often to thinking, not think our way to feeling. And, and can we feel something about these places?
1: Uh, right, right. Because, right, there, there are places you go, you know, Jackson Square or, or yeah. you know, Royal Street or something, or the, you know, Piazza majority or whatever, it's an incredibly emotional experience, and we've removed that from our towns because we, we and, and then we wonder, like, why doesn't anybody care? Why isn't anybody involved? Why can't we, you know, on and on and on? It's like, well, that's, that's because you killed the thing that was that worth caring about. So, so again, I keep coming back to it when, when I'm trying to work with community, like, it, it's an emotional place. This is a habitat for humans. Uh, um, make sure it's emotional. Make sure it's easy to love, but also, like, you don't need any expertise you know, do what's right. In essence, like start moving forward with what's right. You don't, you don't need, you don't need 100% consensus to do what's right. Once you realize that most everybody, you know, everybody, like I, I'll do this. You know, it's like, who here? Let tell me where you vacation in the audience, and everybody says the same places. Like, oh, that's funny. You've named five places where you parked your car and walked for a week. Like, why? Then why are you building parking decks at home? You know, like you're not that different. Or, or last. You know, one hundred people in the audience. Raise your hand if you like these buildings downtown falling down. Do you like them empty? Do you like them falling down? No, you know, no hands go up. Like, who here thinks the city should do something about those buildings falling down? One hundred percent of hands go up. You know, it's like so. We, it's like, why do we keep asking the question? Why do we keep stalling when we can we can start to be sure that what people want is is what you know? Like, uh, it's, it's, it's ever apparent. Audience.
0: It's like it's a kid. Apparent. A lot of times, the kid's like, "Hey, uh, the the emperor's not wearing pants." It's like if they're not. It's we don't want ugly. We want it pretty. But I do think this: the money is for in our minds never the problem. We never have had a clear vision that was compelling enough that people would 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 be willing to write checks with their life for it, and then say, "Oh, but well, there's just no money to do it." Right. If if the if the prize is fuzzy, no price is cheap enough. when the price gets clear, the price gets easy.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. It is not a, a, not a matter of money. You know, that's an excuse that we put in the way not to move forward, but it's, you know, building great places, places that people fall in love with. First off, it, it isn't always that much more expensive. The second, the return's incredible. You know, we know that the return is there, (laughs) you know, what else can
0: create that kind of value like love does for a place. I mean, think about hospitality you put an amazing overnight stay we we believe diffuse hospitality is something that Italy designed in the 70s you know they had that earthquake and they started saying well let's make the village it just scatter the rooms throughout the village and have restaurants let's let's be a piece a part of the place instead of pulled off from it yeah well and and that's what a community with incredible food and beverage overnight stay and a place to do celebratory events has a tremendous advantage and Creates lots of social and economic value.
1: Right, right, and and there's proof in this. There's proof that that's what people want because you look at the handful of nice places in this country, they're they're completely unaffordable. You know, and we look at that and we, we sort of make we come to the wrong conclusions. And that's Dude, like well, no, it, it's, it's it's because like the rich
0: people built this. It. Like no, no, it was built and people couldn't stop going there. I mean, right. usually it was built by hippies, right. right? <laughs> I always said, if you'll follow the hippies, they'll start something cool. And then people that aren't cool, the rich people, come buy cool. And then the hippies will go make something else
1: cool. Right. We're so desperate for those places. We're so desperate for a Jackson Square type place. We're so desperate for these walkable neighborhoods and this human scale that the few places, like I went to Seaside and expected to hate it. And it's like, oh, it's actually lovely. You know, it's, <laughs> it's lovely, but it, it, it has, you know, it's only curses. It's desirable. Like everybody (laughs) wants to be there. Like, it's not the designer's fault that it's nice. You know, like they just simply use these, like it's more of a science than an art. I realize. like placemaking is more of a science than an art. Anybody can do it. We haven't lost the technology. We haven't lost the money. You know, it's simply that that, that we aren't practicing. It's it's ratios, you know, there's certain Mm -hmm. parameters that anybody can, uh, that, that we can all apply to like, or that we can all apply that would, help any city have that, that 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 we're just there's such a low supply of quality place that they're overrun and they're expensive but like your city can add one you know you could you could rebuild Jackson Square today any town could re, you know Bourbon Street didn't there can't there's no reason there's only one there was a uh, time
0: where it wasn't that way right and, right. and like for our quarters, towns nice. we have so much sitting in every town of, of available capacity and and mediocrity is, is is everywhere. I mean, it, it's so easy to be to stand out if we if we operate in excellence. And to your point, the value is there. The, right, the, right. There people will pay and, and and will support and love and care for and frequent things that have these characteristics.
1: Right. And and jumping back, I think to you know, kind of what my central messages that that really what we've got going on is that we've created places that have made people apathetic Hmm. that that it is we destroyed what mattered most about our communities and that you know one is is beauty like we care about things that are attractive it's really like it's really hard to care about something that's not maintained and we tend not to we don't tend to take care of things that aren't haven't been taken care of you know so if you gave your you gave your wife a brand new, beautiful car, she would likely care for it. If you gave her, you know, a-, a, a
0: An old beater. It,
1: no one, yeah, like, ah, eh, that's, that's not a great a gift. And, and like, what's your motivation then to care for it? Because we're, there's a sense of pride wrapped up in, in the things that we have a relationship to. You take care of your home because you're proud of it. The more you take care of it, the more proud you are of it. If you take care of your community, you're proud of it. Like a lot of our identity is wrapped up in the place we call home. Not just our house, our, but our block and our downtown and our whole city. So when those things are are in good shape, when they're attractive, when they're pretty, when they're well maintained, it makes us feel better. And we're gonna we're gonna stick up for those places. We're gonna share them. We're going to show up to council. We're gonna pick up trash. We're gonna talk about them to our friends. Like we feel better about ourselves. Take anybody and install them in a rundown community. Their sense of self worth and self esteem will start to decline immediately. There's just no way around it. Simultaneously, you take anybody, you know, take somebody from a rundown town and install them and Sienna, you know, their sense of identity is going to, it's going to increase, it's going to rise. Their sense of civility, their civic mindedness will absolutely go up. Not because they're different, because all of a sudden their surroundings are affecting them different. So we are a delight.
0: byproduct of our surroundings. Like you think about this, I said, if you put people in a prison, they feel like prisoners and you put them yes. in a palace, they think they're princes. Right. And and, and it our spaces shape us. I mean, I think about like, I was talking about, take a kid from the ghetto and you put them living, as you said, in like Siena for six months. You take a kid from Siena and, and they live in that kid's place in the ghetto. And how does it influence each of them?
1: Right. There's There's no way around it. There's no way you can't not be affected by that and that's the cost that's the cost of, of creating these unlovable places of slapping them together because you're, you're creating apathetic systems you're creating mental health conditions you're creating physical health conditions all by creating you know all by building places that are inferior that that are uh, you know that aren't sufficient for human habitat so what i what i argue is like look your real problem you know stop saying it's planning stop saying it's it's jobs whatever you know whatever reasons you want to come up with Like no, the the what you're suffering from is is rampant apathy, and it's the most likely outcome. You know you've built places that are impossible to love, and stop maintaining the good ones, and so now people don't care with exactly what they should be doing. Like you mean they're they're
0: reinforcing they're reinforcing you. They're telling you we don't care because this is not care worthy.
1: Right, right. That's exactly (laughs) it. It's not. It's it's nearly impossible to care about. So we don't care. And there's a handful of there's a handful of us lunatics that are like, you know, look at a rundown uh. building and like, Oh, I can see the beauty in it, but that's uh. not everybody. And we can't keep expecting everybody to look at a rundown community. Like, well, why won't they show up for this meeting? Six o'clock in the basement of city hall. Like, why should they
0: Right. You're,
1: you're stop it? Like make it nice, mm-hmm. make it nice. And then they'll mm-hmm. care, you know, mm-hmm. give them something to be proud of. So that, that was my ultimate epiphany. It's like, Oh, none of the things that we're trying are working because it, it's a, it's an emotional problem. People are apathetic about their towns because they should be. So money isn't a solution to an emotional problem. Planning isn't a solution to an emotional problem. We've got to look at emotional solutions because they're people. So if you give something, if you give them something to be proud of, which is beauty, progress, you know, uh, um, local ownership, you know, there's a handful of things, a better identity. Like there's a handful mm-hmm. of things that make us feel proud. And then if you give that to them, if you give your citizens, help boost their identity, help help foster um, mm-hmm. um, social ties, help make, who doesn't want more friends, you know, like we all right. want more friends.
0: Or somebody remember your name when you show up. Hey, John, Hayen. I mean, all that has unlimited value. And oh. it's so rare now. I mean, people say, why do you love downtown O'Block? if I walk in the hardware store, everybody knows my name there. They know my grandkids, they know my kids, they know who I am. And it's a source of tremendous community. Just that thing, just the fact that there's guys in there getting stuff to fix their kids' tricycle to the guy that's building, you know, his first whatever. It's, it's just, there's these pieces. And and here's the thing, if, if, if what, I wonder this, have you thought about this? What if what people want to show off to their guests Says to their town a lot about what they admire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, nobody, again, nobody's, nobody's calling up their, you know, friend like, oh my God, you got to see this Chipotle that opened. <laughs> you know, wait till you come to town. Even when a small, when a small, let's say it's a restaurant, bakery, whatever, hardware shop, you probably don't have any tie to that place at all. You might, you know, it might not be your cousin that owns it. It might not be your neighbor yet. You're still like, you got to come see this thing. So yeah. there's this really cool thing I find that that we take pride in something that's locally done, even if we have mm-hmm. no relationship to it. It's like it's like you know, it's like the, let's say an Olympian from your county, you know, makes it. You're like, oh, look, you know, like you're proud of it. You didn't do, you didn't do damn thing, you didn't turn uh, that Olympian, uh, you know. Uh, yet, yet it's a source. You, of You pride feel a it,
0: sense of identity with that yeah. and
1: connectivity. Right. It, absolutely. So the more quality small business we have, the better we feel about our town and there's just never going to be a national chain that makes anyone feel good. It just, it, it just can't be because you know, it's not local. What about the,
0: so I like we, you know, we struggle, we couldn't find small businesses. So we honestly got to the point and said, since we can't see them, we're going to have to be them. We're going to have yeah. to help create them. And most Every great thing in our community that's around our portfolio, we've either created or had some help and create because they didn't have all the tools. They may need some modeling support for how they're going to be able to run it. And even as, as landlords are considered the most extractive people in the whole system, instead of saying, hey, I want you to see me as your most trusted partner. I want to give you the best advice. I want to help you win. I want to be thinking about your thing when you're not thinking about it. We're in a pool and you can't poop in one little edge of the <laughs> pool and everybody be still good.
1: Right, right. And, and it's it's so tragic that, that developer has become a four-letter word. Like national developer has a problem. You know, they extract a lot from community and, and people building subdivisions and malls. Like, yeah, they, they take a lot out but local. You know, we you can't do it. Real estate... When you take away the real estate and the city doesn't exist, you take away the buildings and it's a parking lot. Like it is the absolute, you can't have a sense of community without a space for it to exist without quality public space. But it, it, it all comes down to real estate. And we really obsess about small business ownership and overlook the fact that a building is a small business. You know, like it, You have said day. a
0: mouthful and how many cities are looking for small businesses, but not looking for the small business people to own the business of the
1: building? All of them all of them. And it's like, wait till we get this brewery. Where are you going to put them? uh do
0: Stop. <laughs> Who's going to build it? Right. Who's going right. to buy it? Because there's a lot of parts and money does. One thing we've realized is we had to create new models because access to the capital is so backwards it's built on a platform and a system that doesn't really fit where we're going. We have to find a way into their system. Give you an example. If I build a sheetrock box with drive it on the outside, foam and some stucco, and it's eight foot ceilings and, and it's cheesy. And I build and I have an 1800s building, this solid masonry wall and beautiful. If they have the same lease for the same term, they have the same value. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, so the bank said it's the same value to us, not the same value. I said, if you want to know if that's it's got a back. different value, call your insurance company and try to get replacement. Mm. That'll change oh. your lens a little bit, won't it?
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh. yeah, like one's a one you-go and the other is, you know, kind of the Corvette, like, of course <laughs> it's a more value. And look, like, I think that we overlooked the fact that good businesses aren't seeking your run down space. You know, it's, you are in if all your rental space downtown, if all your leaseable space is run down, you're going to fill up with storefront churches, you know, and, and karate shops or, you know, the check in the cash, like it's not good. Real And business. the rents like, are going to be a
0: thing that won't keep the buildings nice. And so right. it's this reoccurring right.
1: thing. Right. So in essence, and that's why businesses can't fix it. And uh, mm-hmm. businesses are huge, but I think you have to start with developers. Developers create quality space. And then, then, you know, then business owners want quality space. Like you don't, you don't want to take a great business and put it in a rundown space because you're immediately in conflict with your brand. You immediately. And they're going to really
0: say, they're like that. They're like that building. Yep. I mean, their business is junky because they're in a junky space. And uh, yeah, you, you think can. about how how one thing I think people say, well, why don't developers take less on their rent? And I said, well, the water's good. Come on in, buy a building yourself. Get a mortgage and pay two thousand a month for the mortgage, and lease it to people for eleven $1, hundred, and see how sustainable it is to do that and do a few more.
1: Right, right. But
0: people just Absolutely. miss
1: the point. Right, and and they, it's critical. I mean, it's just the small developer. It's critical. Again, it creates a nice space. It defines the space. It's it's you. You can't feel good about a downtown with a bunch of rundown buildings, and and simultaneously, like one of the things I really uh, hit on is it's you got to get. Incentives are great, all four. You know, lead with the olive branch, absolutely the municipalities and, and the economic development and all these entities, downtown organization, you know, run the numbers, figure out what it will take to make these projects work and, and inject that, you know, help, help local developers out. But also, if somebody's not willing to fix up their building, go after them. You can't be scared, to get punitive. You can't be scared to find somebody for not taking care of their building because the vast majority of people I see like, you know, they inherited it. They don't care. All the incentives in the world aren't going to motivate them to do anything. Like, you've got to use municipal punitive tools to get those buildings out of the hands of, of the absentee owners and into local hands.
0: Well, to create the behavior we want. Um, that is one thing. The critical small developers, one thing about a small developer in a town is you're implicated. You're there. If you do something crappy, you walk past it all the time. Your neighbors see you in the grocery store and say it. How about, how about that title pawn you put in there in the liquor store yep. next door or whatever? And and people miss they lump national and local together. In as you said in, in like these brands and these businesses and interesting, I mean, great development get with great business is a great is a great you know uh, connection. It works. If you have a great person. business in a bad building or a great building with a bad business, neither one of those work for, t- for a length of right. time.
1: Right. It really has to be a focus on the developer. How do we get these buildings in the hands of people? Right. And to your point about, you know, if you do something bad, like people used to love their building so much, they put their name on it. You know, like that's who we need. People would say like, I I've, I've built that. That's my family's name. So I think that that municipalities really have to get in the small developer business, you know, not, realizing a building is a business, how do we get more of those? You know, a hundred small developers could, that they get it. And then you're, I mean, now you know this certainly better than I do, mm-hmm. but it's like, then you're building that, that developer infrastructure. You know, the accountants then that know how to use it, the attorneys that know how to use it, then the contractors, the building code officials, like all of a sudden. It
0: starts getting just, synergistic because yeah. everyone says, oh, 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 we're supposed to help the small developer. And if it isn't about life safety or those things, Let's, let's help them get there. Let's, and, and it's, you know, it's one of the few businesses where I think you don't really feel wanted. Like if you go, if you go, you, they're like, it's like, what was the best thing we could do? Uh, First, get out of the way. I mean, not make it harder. And that's really a lot of it. Now we do see cities. We don't use incentives a lot. We haven't ever. First because our city still doesn't offer much. They'll offer it if you're bringing smokestacks and people who are going to yeah. employ a lot of high pay, but we can't get them to give anything to a small business hardly to speak of because they don't see the value in it. Right.
1: Right. Which again is ludicrous. Like stop. Have 40 years of this same style of economic development produced any meaningful results? Has it made people happier? Like, no, that by every metric it's been a failure. So stop doing it. You know, it's, it's, uh-huh take a look step back and figure out what are your goals what are you trying to accomplish which should be you know residents that are happy that love their town that invest in their town and, and like the, the job thing just isn't working um you know i talked to i got a buddy who's a developer property Vermont in New Hampshire uh Chet Clem and you know he's in this ongoing saga of like year 10 of fighting their city just to build decent house you know it's like they they hate him they do everything they can <sighs> to thwart him and it's like how did I become your enemy? I'm simply trying to build, like, I'm a local guy, just simply trying to build something that's needed. And man, they'll they'll do anything. Oh, a I had what a ridiculous be- situation. I had
0: 1,100 people sign a petition to us against building something in our town. And I said, we've done 300 properties in 10 blocks. The thing you say you're protecting, we we saved. You didn't you didn't put up any of your own money and show up down there, so it it is a little upside down, but there's hope for our towns, and that's really the the big story I think that I mean, why else would you get up every day and work hard to tell this and I'm sure it's not because it's making you extremely wealthy and raining capital on you to be to be telling this, but why does it mean so much to you to do this
1: um because I, I guess that I think we all deserve it. You know, I think that we deserve that, that people deserve it in the places, like we deserve joy in our life. We should be happier. We should be healthier. And, you know, I, I kind of look at the food movement and like, look, they're, they're, we've made tremendous strides. <laughs> you know, you think over the last 30 years, how much better that people realize that, that food can be this meaningful part of your life, that we can grow better things that, that's, you know, how much are people's lives improved since we figured this out? Not only their their physical health, of course, but also it's it's had a huge part in growing small business and, and local business. And it's had a huge part in, you know, families that now run their restaurants. But also like it's fun. It's fun yeah. to, to go to the local market. It's fun to cook. It's fun to go to a great restaurant. Like that's all improved our lives immensely uh, by figuring out some things with food. Man, like it's like wait till they hear about place. I think when we figure this thing out that we can improve people's lives immensely. And that's why I do it. I want to, I I want, I feel like I can have an ability to contribute to this world by, by maybe giving people a bit, a little bit more joy and happiness in their life. Um, If more municipalities understood that they can create places that'll make people's lives immensely better, healthier, happier, more joyful, more connected, civil, dignified, you know, sophisticated, Mm. all those things are wrapped up in simply building better and, and creating, you know, these better places. Like, that, that's certainly what drives me. And, and I think it's completely attainable.
0: Well, I think our, you and I, sometimes it feels like a voice hollering in the wilderness, but to take it from impossible to possible, then it becomes probable. And yeah. so every time, if if we see a town that does this and they didn't have any special advantage, you go, it, it, if they can do it, we can do it, and 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 I think as our cities see that, and and I do believe we're on the forefront of something that's a movement. Um, we see it as a movement not only for connection and community, but for capital. I think capital will come aside at us and say, "Listen, this is irreplaceable when it's done yeah. well." And. Uh-huh. That's seaside. Nobody's selling seaside. It isn't. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm you don't like, need no, to. no, 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 no. I think we'll keep it. I, we're not selling a goose that lays golden eggs for eggs.
1: Right, right. It, it's it's like great restaurants, good businesses never have a parking problem. People <laughs> find a way to get there. The French Quarter still can't figure out where there's a parking deck. People <laughs> find a way to get there, and and it's the same. Like if you create these places that that have an emotional attachment, you don't have to. You can shut down your economic development and tourism department all that money you're spending to try to like sort of fake somebody into coming to this town, you wouldn't fake it. Like you, you know, you and I, I don't know. I look at it as again, you know, making it personal, but it's like, if either an individual, you decide to get in great shape, you can spend a lot less on, on, you know, like you don't have, this is a bit aside, but like, I noticed somebody the other day, you know, messy, completely messy outfit, but had a really expensive accessory. Right. It's like, man, you know, that like, you can kind of see through that. It's like if you took that money and put it into, I don't know, getting a tailor or going to the gym or whatever, you'd have something authentic. You'd have something that I progressed. I made myself feel really good. I've got a ton more confidence and now other people see it. It's
0: it's, it's on the outside because it was on the inside. I always say it like this, abs. Nobody's got abs by accident. If you have abs, you worked at it And, and mostly you didn't build them, you revealed them. And, right, and I said, right. and nobody can do it for you. You can't pay somebody to get abs for you. And and that's the way our towns are, if they're thoughtful, intentional, and we paid the price. I tell people, come to Opalika. And if if it's not bigger and better than us, don't listen to what we say. But if it's <laughs> but if we're bigger on the inside than we are on the outside, I may listen up.
1: Absolutely. And and the, the gym ones, you know. You're you a guy that probably hits the gym occasionally, and and you know that the the uh, I have suffered that... under.
0: I started at 46 and hadn't done it at all. In the last six years, I have been working very hard. I'm probably the best shape of my of my adult That's life. Hard. And what I realized is your muscle only knows one language: time under tension. Yep. It doesn't yep. know anything else.
1: It, 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 those these lessons that you learn, you know, the lessons you learn from cooking, the lessons you learn from sitting on a, a you know, in a piazza in Italy, but I, I certainly take a lot from exercise is that there's no shortcuts, there's no shake weight, there's no special, you know, there's no <laughs> magic pill that, that no you way. can't, that's why a parking deck or whatever will never work, you simply have to put in the work, you have to show up every day. And if you show up every day, you know, time under tension, that ultimately you're going to get in credit. You're going to improve improvements. Not everybody knows how to get in shape. Right. Just not many people want to do it, but there's no mystery.
0: Right, it's not there like a tell. super cool way that works and does this like, right. you know, firstly you got to overcome your lips because you can move mountains with those guys. <laughs> All you got to do is look at what's, what a, a, a full size blizzard is in calories and then run on the treadmill for an hour and see how much of it you got
1: off. Right. But yeah, it's universal. Again, like it's there's universal. no secret to revitalizing the town. Make it more attractive every day. Make it nicer every day. Like they're literally, every town already knows what needs to be done. It's the same as working out. And and so one of the sort of analogies I always use, like, you know, the, would you be better off, John, with a uh, paying 10 grand for the ultimate exercise program or just getting your ass outside for a run right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like, it, it it's not the know-how it's not paying a bunch of money for that it's like just just go do it yeah honestly at the end of the day you just have to show up to the gym every day you know it, it's not this theoretical or esoteric idea it's like oh do this thing this many times yeah and that's and that's what i'm trying to interject into the conversation it's like stop talking about it and just start doing it just scrape paint just pull weeds because no matter what you're gonna at least feel better like there there's no downside To going for a run you're gonna feel better and you can't fix it you can't get in shape overnight you can't get in shape with one gym visit but what you will do is feel good tonight when you fall asleep you'll feel a little bit better and momentum you know momentum and trajectory are everything so it might take you yet honestly you're never going to finish getting in shape you're (laughs) never going to be done this is going to take you every day forever but hey at least you're you know at least you're on the program at least you're doing something
0: well, that is a great word to land on on your town. Pull weeds, do something. Three quick questions as we land here, and I could talk to you forever. You are you get me so excited. I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony with all these great <laughs> ideas. So, here's the thing. Tell me one thing. Who do you know doing good work in the world? You say, guys, you guys got to know about this person. I know you know tons, but just one person <laughs> you'd like to say, let me give a shout out to this.
1: Yeah. You know, who's stuck this out to me lately is Phil, like up in Saginaw, Michigan. I read an interview that he did recently. And so Phil has, you know, this this company, Storyville. And what he's figured out is that one of the ways to combat apathy and, and, and uh, foster a sense of civic pride is to tell the story of locals. You know, like every person in your community is fascinating. They all have these stories, and he lifts them up. He he, you know, shines a light. He tells those stories through great photos, through great interviews, through great storytelling. And what happens is, all of a sudden, everybody in this town's like, "Oh my God, I'm surrounded by fascinating people. I'm surrounded this is an by amazing, amazing people. place. <laughs> I know, right? Like my town is the most incredible place." And it's like, right? They were always there. It was like those abs. They were always under there. Mm. Uh, he's telling those stories. And I, I think it's such a huge part of, of generating civic pride and making people feel really good about their towns so, to let them know you're living amongst incredible people.
0: Oh, I love that. How good. <laughs> what have you done? We should do.
1: Oh boy. What have I done that don't write, don't write a book. <laughs> <laughs> I've nearly finished it uh, with a, a book like within weeks, but uh, so that's it's, Kind of been this. You told to me too end, late.
0: We're about six and a half months in. So, but one thing about a book, I think it's more important what it makes of you than what you achieve that's from true. it. I think that's it's true. like abs, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, absolutely. And, and um, I think that that's to so the question, We you know, what should people do that I've done? It's yeah, I, I accept the fact that humans are all the same. You know, that we're really not that unique. We're we're all pretty much the same. If you feel if you feel a certain way about your community, likely almost everybody does. And there are going back to that that adage though, it's like there's no secrets, there's no shortcut. If you want to learn Spanish, guitar, if you want to get abs, you want to get in shape, you want to make your community better, just come to grips with the fact that it's going to take relentless incremental improvement. It's it's gonna be a process, it's gonna be slow, but the process, learn to love the process, not the outcome and you'll be in good shape.
0: That is strong as new rope. All right, last one. What <laughs> have you read that we should read?
1: You know, I always come back to the book, Happy City. It's been a long time since I've read it. I've read a ton of other great books since then, but that one always sticks with me more than any, is that, you know, happiness is is often by design. Like you can design spaces that are social. You can design spaces that make people feel happy, that make that that, you know, foster civility um, that, that good design has the power to change the world. And we really need to stop scoffing at good design. as being fluff. like absolutely not. Good design means everything. And it, it, it shapes who we are as people. Like Winston Churchill said it, you know, we shape our buildings there after they shape us. We need to start shaping our cities with the outcomes in mind. You know, we, mm. we need to start designing. We need to start designing the stage for a love story instead of another, you know, post-apocalyptic crime drama, like, We've built enough of those. Let's start designing our cities to, to create love stories.
0: Oh, well, you are amazing, my friend. Thank you. We're going to point everybody in the links in the podcast. You'll find every way to get to Jeff and his great work. I encourage you, if you have a town, get him to come there and encourage people. Um, You know, hope and encouragement is such a powerful force. Yeah. It's right along with air. We need it. And Jeff's got a pile of it. Thank you, Jeff, for all you're doing to serve the world. If this has added value, share it with some folks. We'd love more folks to know about this and the message. And uh, just hope you continue to listen to the Redemptification podcast and, and that it adds value. Thank you.